Securacy is proud to be a supporter of ASIO's podcast series. With insightful presenters and expansive subjects, the podcast series is a must if you want to keep at the forefront of the industry. Securacy, security workforce management software reimagined. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the ASIO Security Insider podcast. And today we are talking about the importance of security awards in Australia. And joining us on the podcast, we have Professor Martin Gill of the Outstanding Security Performance Awards. We have John Fleming, General Manager of ASIO. And we have Damien McMeekin, Chairman of the Australian Security Medals Foundation. Gentlemen, welcome. Good afternoon. Good, good, good morning to Martin. Yeah, yes. good morning from where I am. It's in the life. Delighted to be here. Absolutely. Now, obviously, the the focus of this podcast, we had, uh, for those who are listening to this, uh, we had a little over two weeks ago, the Australian Security Awards held on the 19th of October up in Sydney. And I just wanted to discuss briefly the importance of the awards and why we do these awards, because it can be seen by those from outside the industry as being a bit of a, you know, a self-congratulatory backslapping type of uh, exercise. But it's, it's far from that. So, Martin, I'm going to throw to you first to kick this off because you have initiated uh, a global awards system. Why? Well, the first thing to say, I think, uh, Don, is that being good at security is not a trivial issue. Uh, the security sector has enormous implications for the protection of countries, for the protection of people, for the protection of communities. And uh, you know what it's very bad at? And that's saying how good it is. Uh, um, and it plays a fundamental role. And one of the problems, I think, is that people look askance and have got a rather jaundiced view of award schemes. But when done well, they offer the opportunity to recognise who's outstanding, who's really good, and emulate or start to copy those behaviours. Uh, uh, and second, to recognise those who are really good, to inspire internally and externally others to behave in a similar way. What I've also found out, actually, that it's also very significant within companies to reward and recognise people who are really good. Um, so there's many, many benefits to uh, award schemes when done well and uh, when based on the right principles. Right. And now, Damien, the, the Australian Security Medals Foundation is now in its, I think, its 12th year. Uh, 11th or 12th year I think it kicked off around 2010 12th. yeah and there's a slightly different impetus behind the Australian security medals if I understand correctly because this was really about trying to prove to not just the industry but the community broader community at large that there's a lot of good things that security personnel do as opposed to that which is portrayed by the media more often than not is that correct that's correct. The foundation was established um, by a, a group of senior security executives who wanted to ensure the recognition and dedication and very high service levels of, of the best people in the sector, and, and not only to recognise and celebrate them, but in doing so to help improve the sector's image. And what we do is not simply to uh, recognise and celebrate people for doing their jobs excellently, um, or undertaking projects and delivering projects excellently, but for going above and beyond. It's well beyond the um, doing your day job. It is uh, serving um, well beyond what, what they're, they're employed to do. And it's about under, uh, performing acts of valour, which um, they're not employed to do. They're, they're, uh, the security staff are employed to, to observe and report on the whole. Um, but they nonetheless undertake extraordinary acts um, and save lives and, and 
and uh, serve the community well beyond what would be normally be expected of them. And so the, the foundation seeks to, to recognize that and celebrate that, and in doing so, to help improve the image of the, of the sector. And beyond that, if I am correct, you also have the Australian Security Medal, which focuses, amongst other things, on the fact that there are a great many people working at a professional level in the security industry in, at, at a senior level in large Fortune 500 organisations. But security is about much more than just what they do in their job. It's about what they contribute to the body of knowledge that is security and also what they contribute to the broader community outside of security. Is that correct? That's right. It's it's about the, the security medal. We have two major awards, the, uh, the Australian Security Medal and the Australian Security Medal for Valor. The Security Medal is about um, senior influential people using their seniority, their influence, their professionalism uh, to advance the, the entire profession of security management and to advance community interests through personal, broad, dedicated activity, not only in their roles, but using their roles, of course, but not only in their roles, but going beyond their roles and and uh, contributing to the community, as, yep. as well as thought leadership and professionalism. And John, it, it would be very easy to say of ASIO, well, this is just an opportunity for ASIO to congratulate its members. But I think that would be selling the awards that ASIO has been doing for many years, selling them short and, and not really giving them their, their due credibility. Can you tell me a little bit about the impetus behind the ASIO awards and what it is that you were seeking to achieve as an organisation? Sure, sure. And firstly, I agree with the comments of Damien and Martin. Uh, the awards really are a celebration for the industry. Uh, the industry is very, very diverse now. Uh, we're talking 180,000 people in that industry. And it's a chance then to recognise the capability that the security industry brings to the Australian economy. And that, that's significant. Uh, we believe it's uh, around the 10 to $11 billion turnover now. So to recognise the key players that nominate for an award is just really a celebration of the capability of the industry in providing services for the protection of people and assets in the country. Yeah. So, Martin, I'm going to come back to you because obviously the key to any sort of awards program is not necessarily just the categories of awards but the judging of the awards how you actually figure out which individuals who submit a nomination are worthy of winning an award so can you talk me a little bit through the judging process for the ospers yeah i mean just to be clear the ospers are in 15 countries now uh, um, and expanding in fact uh, this coming saturday we uh, announce uh, saturday week we announce another country uh, um, which will be the 16th country um, and uh, what I did, John, just uh, out of interest, is I employed someone for a whole year who researched award schemes because um, um, I wanted to really understand what it is to be uh, independent, credible and add real meaning to those words. And um, it's work in process. OK, I mean, around the world, we're trying to get a consistent sort of approach to this so that uh, the judging process becomes seen as a credible form of assessment and uh, um, you know one of the good things is and this is true for us in uh, Australia too we don't appoint the judges um, uh, so so that's our first point uh, and the judges uh, mark um, against a, an established set of criteria 
So it's not up to um, people to sit judging on what they think is best. There's criteria there which are differentiating the average from the outstanding. So we're not trying to say what's outstanding and what's 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 uh, poor. This is about what's good and what's outstanding. What's the distinguishing features? Let's focus on those. And so the whole process is geared to trying to make that distinction, and uh, um, uh, and that's an important part of how awards are growing in significance and growing in prominence and becoming more credible. And as John says, you know, uh, um, uh, it's very, very important associations do do these things to recognize their members. I mean, ACE will do it uh, very well. Um, and Damien's right, there are people out there uh, on the front line and in key positions who are doing a great job. And it's important to recognize who they are. It's not, it's not a, a nice thing to do. It matters that we take the time to establish who is outstanding and draw attention to that and give people to pitch against those standards, uh, both now and going forward. Yeah. And Damien, I know that one of the the challenges for the Medals Foundation is obviously you receive multiple nominations per year, but you have a separate subcommittee outside of the board, which are responsible for assessing nominations and they're judged to a very strict criteria uh, to ensure that, you know, people don't just say, oh, that's such and such as job. Why are they getting an award for that? Can you talk me a little bit through that process? We do indeed have a, a, a separate uh, subcommittee of the board, um, and uh, they we have a number of members on that committee. Uh, they work independently of other board considerations. Uh, they work to a strict and long-evolved set of criteria, uh, which we've published, and uh, determinations looking for the most stringent ways of determining who's going above and beyond. And it's, it's the baseline is we're not looking at people who are doing their jobs excellently, although that is part and parcel of it, but excellence is recognised in other awards, including the Oscars and the ASIL Awards for, for Excellence. Um, this is in the Australian Security Medals, for example. It is uh, looking at the, the whole of the person who has been nominated, seeking a broad range of nominations, looking at the whole of the person who is nominated and not just what they've done in their, their day job, but looking at what they've led and contributed to and undertaken beyond that. So they're uh, outstanding citizens, outstanding executives, outstanding leaders, outstanding citizens um, doing active work for the community, both generally and in the, the security community itself. And with regard to the Australian Security Medal for Valour, um, there's there's very strict, deep research undertaken um, with third parties uh, to ensure that what we understand of nominated events and, and people um, is, is truly reflective of fact. And we have a true understanding of um, what has happened and, and what, has, what has been performed. That consideration goes through a process in the subcommittee uh, which is then taken to the board and challenged um, and returned to the subcommittee for final deliberation and then proposed to the board. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very strict uh, process. Um, it, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one for the subcommittee members, um, but it's a very thorough one and they undertake it diligently and very well. And I'm quite confident in the outcomes we're, we're now achieving. Yeah. And John, 
I suppose the challenge for your organization being the peak body for security in Australia is that whenever you have winners, you are going to have runners up. Um, and sometimes there will be questions around, oh, well, that's not fair. How come I didn't win? What did they do that was so great? So, you know, enlighten us. Talk, talk to me a little bit about the the judging criteria and the process behind ASIO's Excellence Awards. Sure, yeah, and everyone loves to be a winner. Um, but uh, yeah, probably similar to uh, the Ospers and uh, the medals, we, we have a published criteria of the requirements for um, an award. And the other thing to imagine is, uh, from an ASIO point of view, there are no ASIO staff, there's no ASIO board members involved in any of this. The judging panel are chosen as independents external to the ASIL organisation and they're there because of their credibility and their knowledge within the industry and we're lucky enough every year that we've got a good commitment from the judges to participate in these awards so it's really removed from the ASIL background and it's treated as a separate identity. Okay so Martin I'm gonna flick back to you because Obviously, we have, especially with the awards now being in 16 countries, and I'm just looking at the list of winners here. We had, you know, outstanding contract security manager director, outstanding female security professional, outstanding in-house security manager director. Like, there's quite a range of awards there. Is there one this year from the nominations that stands out to you that you would like to share with the listeners? Because I want to help them understand the kind of caliber of people that we're talking about. Uh, um, well, I place myself in an invidious position if I uh, um, <laughs> chose one. But, but let me make, if I could, just to, to address your question. Um, you know, one of the ideas of the OSPERS is that the categories are the same in every country. The criteria is the same in every country. And the vision is that one day we get to a situation where you don't just win Outstanding Contract Security Manager Australia, that in winning that award, you then go into a worldwide one. And the idea is to build up credibility from, from, from the bottom so that becomes possible. And uh, what we're finding around the world is there is a uh, um, much more significance almost each year about winning in a country. What was amazing to me is on the night that... Um, uh, uh, two weeks ago, when we were announcing the the the, the winners, um, all over the world there were people looking to see who's won the Australian uh, awards. Now, that's uh, really intriguing in its own right. Uh, gradually, bit by bit, around the world, people are looking to see who are the outstanding performers. And I'll give you an example. Just that yesterday, I've been running thought leadership webinars, and uh, we had 174th yesterday. And uh, as it happens, just by coincidence, two of the panelists were Oscar winners, and one of them, uh, Chris Middleton, was telling me that when he won the award for outstanding uh, contract security manager uh, last year, um, two other finalists um, who did, obviously didn't win took him for a drink afterwards. And I uh, was just talking. And uh, uh, as the basis of that conversation that night, he's just starting work with that company. Wow. Uh, and he says it's solely because he was identified as a winner of the uh, of the Oscars. Um, and I think that's the point about this, that um, you've got to go some to win. Uh, um, you know, in one of the categories in the UK, we have 54 entries in one category, you know. Um, this is becoming very, very significant. It's becoming a, a worldwide global opportunity to be recognised for excellence. And uh, um, and that that that's what why the Oscars is slightly different. Well, they're all different in, uh, and, and why we work well together with the medals and, um, and with uh, ASEAL. And the bit that 
comes through Ospers, I think, is that international focus and that international uh, uh, um, lens on Australia. Yeah. Um, best of security, John, is very, very, very good. It's poor at saying so, but it is very, very, very good. And well, uh, what these awards do, all three of them, uh, um, is, is put a lens on outstanding performance. Yeah, well, look, that's a, it's an interesting point that I want to come back to in a minute. But Damien, I just want to throw to you for a second, because when we talk about the Australian Security Medal of Valor, obviously, these awards are not designed to encourage people to, to do dangerous things. And yet every year I am blown away by some of the stories behind the nominations of people that actually get put up for these awards. Can you tell us a little bit about any of them that stand out in your mind? Because I think people would be absolutely flawed if they understood what some of these people face on a daily basis. That's true. And people, as I say, people look at security staff, frontline security staff and think they're there to, to observe and report and direct and so forth. But they, they really step up in so many ways and so, so often and that's not only seen in the, the uh, awards of the Australian Security Medal for Valor, but we also, with St John Ambulance, um, do Save a Life Awards. And uh, for where the action wasn't necessarily valorous, it could have been, um, but it, it was um, uh, using first aid to save lives. And, and this year, for example, in that category, we, we had a highly unusual large number of awardees, I think some 30 individuals and an entire team from around the country. Um, so and that's in recognition of, of the breadth of, of uh, activity that these people undertake uh, that is so important to communities and to people's lives. But um, I, I would like to say, if, if a, a person on my mind is, is this year's awardee uh, for the Security Medal for Valour, um, an outstanding individual, um, Majid Pirmagani of Victoria, Millennium Security Group in Victoria, and some of the details can't be discussed, but um, because the, the matter is still sub judice. Um, but Majid was on duty in a shopping centre in Victoria uh, in earlier this year when it was invested by a, a group of, of young men and women intent on violence, uh, intent on destruction, intent on causing uh, dismay in, in a shopping centre. Um, uh, two uh, victims were stabbed. Um, Majid was on duty with one other colleague um, and he went immediately to the aid of the first stabbing victim. Um, through the event, which in the intensity of violence lasted 15 minutes, he went to the aid of two stabbing victims. He called emergency services. He provided ongoing briefings throughout over his mobile to emergency services while summoning them, while protecting the, the, the victims while they were being attacked, while he was being attacked repeatedly as he removed the victims to safety. So he, he defended the victims. He undertook a running uh, retreat with the victims to protect them while being attacked himself by people who had undertaken stabbings, kickings, punching, uh, destruction of property. Um, and throughout this, he was on the phone with emergency services, calling them in, um, providing first aid as he did all this while being attacked um, and, and briefing emergency services on the situation that it evolved. It was an extraordinary act of courage, of dedication, of, of uh, true love of people um, and a desire to help and uh, defend them. 
Um, and he wasn't, as I said, he 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 was awarded the uh, Security Medal for Valor. Um, the colleague who was with him uh, came to his aid and, and helped clear the area so that Majid could continue that extraordinary work he was doing while under attack himself. Um, and and um, uh, his colleague, Isam Al-Tawil, uh, was commended by the Security Medals Foundation for his role in it, and he too was, both of them were uh, also given Save a Life Awards. They did extraordinary work with great bravery and dedication. And that's not stuff they're paid to do. It's stuff they do out of dedication, decency and professionalism, commitment to their community. Yeah, and I believe this is a a common theme amongst the Australian security medals in years gone by. We've had nominations for people facing down offenders with knives we've had people trying to set buildings on fire set themselves on fire i remember nominations for people working in areas where they've had to face armed hordes who've been you know carrying firearms against immigrants and all sorts of things i mean i just don't think the community at large understands the depth and breadth of the courage that some of these awards uncover and and john the aziel awards are extremely good at uncovering innovation and just incredible business acumen in a lot of areas Areas of security are they not? It's outstanding, and uh, yeah, even the work uh, that Damien's has mentioned there—that's incredible work that these guys do behind the scenes. The you know we've come through a COVID period, and in that COVID period, it's elevated problems within this society. So we've now got a lot more self-harm, suicides, a lot more aggression. Uh, robberies going on and these security guards are at the front line but on the ASIL awards for excellence it's quite it's quite diverse so one of that's just come to mind now is uh, gender diversity so we all talk about gender diversity but when you see a nomination and I'll mention the company it's ASIS in Sydney and they've put a nomination forward and not only did he win when the awards evening was on at Dalton House, instead of sending some women, some men down, they had a table of 10 women. So they're actually backing up their challenge to migrate women into operational and management roles. I think from memory for a target of 50%. So that's one way. And then you look at the integrated services that are provided. And uh, one of the categories over $100,000, we had Johnson Controls, uh, Securitas and SEAM uh, from Western Australia. SEAM and Securitas were joint winners, but the diversity of the type of integrated programs they put into new builds is fa fantastic. All the technology you can think about, the VMS systems, facial recognition, number plate recognition, intercom systems, everything fully integrated into a head-end system, delivered on time and on budget. So it just really highlights the capability that we have in our industry. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I want to come back to a point that you made a minute ago, Martin, which is that, you know, or you started alluding to at least anyway, which is that we're, we're not exactly fantastic at recognizing our own awards within our own industry and, and promoting what we do. My question is, how do we get better at letting the broader community understand the depth and breadth of these awards and the calibre of the people that are in them? Because these are stories that need to be shouted from the rooftops. 
Yeah, it's not absolutely. And it's not just the stories from the winners. It's also about the day to day work and its importance and the contribution the uh, security sector makes the protection of people, countries and uh, companies. And um, uh, long gone is this uh, um, idea that uh, the sector isn't capable of speaking up for itself. Um, yet the day hasn't arrived where um, there's been a concerted effort worldwide that has meaningfully changed the public image of what security is. And still there's this perception of a fairly untrained security guard on the front of a building. Uh, um, and it's, you can't deny that sometimes exists, but more often we've got some very dedicated people doing essential services that are, uh, are fundamental uh, um, to making people safe uh, uh, around countries around the world. Not just a, a nice to have, fundamental. And that uh, um, in companies, they're there in protecting companies, protecting national infrastructure on the front line. They're protecting us in shopping centres, in universities, in libraries and uh, lots of public places. And uh, it would be impossible to do that effectively without the private security sector. And so I see awards as just one manifestation of speaking up and recognising uh, all this work, but it takes a much bigger initiative and it's going to take many, many, and all over the world, by the way, there are pockets of activity where people are doing things in different ways to publicise good work, but the scope for so much more and there's so much more needs to be done. Uh, and this is the one of the worst kept secrets in the uh, uh, whole world of uh, public protection, how effective this and how important this sector is. And do you see a difference given that you're a global award do you see much of a difference between the the 15 or 16 different countries in the uptake by the broader media of the awards uh yes but um uh, in in a way that's partly due to how engaged we are with the media and how engaged the security sector is with uh, um various other 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 units but but i mean of course there are lots of award schemes in every sector yeah and um, um so you have to be realistic about you know how much a winner in security is going to interest the national press uh, what it does interest is local press though and so part of the message is to try and get that more into uh into the local into the local press but it's also part of this point that We've got to start speaking up about the benefits and the uh, outcomes and awards are one way of doing it, but it's also incumbent on the whole sector to recognize that this is a, a very, very important thing to do and not just a, not a nice idle thing to be thinking about on the side, which is how it's been treated as uh, almost all well across the globe, actually, uh, up until now, changing gradually, I would say. Yeah. And John, coming back to you, I mean, as uh, as the general manager of the peak body for the Security Association here in Australia, what sort of measures is ASIAL taking in an attempt to try and draw attention to these awards across the broader community and the broader press? Yeah, that's always a, a task trying to get the information out. We try and use uh, you know, was it social media, through the magazines, through word of mouth and through some of the other groups that we work with. Uh, but it is a constant challenge. And I think as we go forward, people are recognising the importance of awards, one, to recognise their own uh, people, two, it actually increases the culture within that organisation. It shows that they, they are best of breed shows that they are capable of delivering these innovative systems and services. And I think that reinforces the career path for people in the industry They have somewhere to go. Um, so I think culture is a, a side benefit from this on the way through. And, uh, you know, I spoke with Martin and Damien before, we would 
want to have this event, you know, the awards night with three awards together to be something you have to be at. It must be an event. That would be a great way to go. So the industry sees it as very positive, bring their staff and customers to the event. And then we spread the word that it is a professional event and the industry is professionalizing. Yeah, and I think John, it's... Can I just say something yeah, there, John? Because John Fleming makes a really, really important point here, actually, about this point about recognition. You know, mm. one of the most striking things to me about being in, involved with awards around the world is just how big a deal it is for those who are A, finalists, and B, who win. That this is a massive issue in their life often. Mm. This is professional recognition by their peers and has enormous influence both within companies and for individuals and teams. Um, it's someone outside saying in a world that doesn't get much positive attention, you know, what you're doing is worthy. And that's an important part of what awards do, a really important part of what awards do. And we shouldn't be ashamed of saying that. We shouldn't be sorry or shy about saying it. It matters a lot. Can yeah. I also add that it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing um, at these ceremonies, particularly from my perspective, um, when you see not only the executives um, being recognised and their work being celebrated, but when you get frontline security staff being brought in by their employers who've flown around the country and brought to the dinner and in, in front of the, the leadership of, of the entire sector being recognised and celebrated, to see the joy that brings to their families um, is quite extraordinary, to see them being recognised for what they do, not by their peers as such but by the leaders of the entire sector it's a truly wonderful thing absolutely and in in sort of wrapping all of this up because we're getting close to the end of our time i think we would be remiss if we didn't also mention that there is also international security officers day that i think is worthy of having a look at for those people who aren't aware of it that's the 24th of July or 24 seven. And you can find that online by looking up international security officers day, which is also a, a growing international movement, but there is an absolute laundry list of people who won awards this year across the three categories. I, I won't go through and read them all out now because we'd be here for another hour, but you can find <laughs> them all in the show notes for this podcast and on the ASIOR website. You'll find them on the OSPERS website. Martin, what is the OSPERS website? It's uh, um, www.theospers.com. And Damien, where would we find more information on the Australian Security Medals Foundation? ASMF.net. And John, uh, your www.asial.com.au, is that correct? Uh, correct, John. Correct. Fantastic. And the last one's pretty easy because if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably already found the website anyway. But uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I can't encourage you enough to research these awards, get involved with these awards, find the category of award that is appropriate to you, whether it be nominating someone for an Australian Security Medal, uh, whether it be an, an ACL Award of Excellence, whether it be an Outstanding Performance Award. There is literally something there for everyone. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, John. And, great uh, pleasure. Thank you. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, there's plenty more like them in the ASIOR podcast series. You can find them on the ASIOR website under the news section in podcasts, or you can find the podcast on iTunes, Blurberry, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Podbean, and all the other great places that you find podcasts. And until next time, stay safe. 
Security is proud to be a supporter of ASIO's podcast series. With insightful presenters and expansive subjects, the podcast series is a must if you want to keep at the forefront of the industry. Security. Security Workforce Management Software Reimagined.